You spent a lot of years both international and in the NBA playing against and with Paddy Mills. Um, what impact do you think he's had on the international game, Australian basketball and the NBA? Just a, a flat-out legend uh, for the Boomers, right? Boomers. Uh, he's been, a, I mean, been a constant for that program since I've been in the league. And, you know, uh, they play with such a toughness, and you know that comes from their best player, which is Patty. And then I have an opportunity to play with Patty for two years in Brooklyn. I see why, um, you know, he's become such a legend over there. He's so passionate about where he's from. He's so passionate about just the culture itself and basketball. And, um, and he's an extremely hard worker whose journey should be spoken about with uh, some of the best. So um, he continues to push the game forward, man, and inspire a lot of people. And that's what, that's what I love about this game. The voice of NBA superstar Kevin Durant, who spoke about Patty Mills during the week after the news filtered through that the Atlanta Hawks had waived the veteran point guard after uh, 15 years in the competition, 35 years of age, averaging 2.7 points off the 10 minutes from the bench in which he was gaining. He's played 879 games in the NBA, but in the lead-up to the Olympics, it puts him in an interesting crossroad as to where his career might head next. Joining us from ESPN in the US, he features on Nothing But The Net. It's great to have Kane Pittman joining us from America. Right, Kane, thanks so much for your time. Um, how's this news been received in America, and where's the likelihood that Paddy might be able to head next? It's been interesting. I've certainly heard a lot about Paddy over the last few days, mostly from Australia with, as you pointed to, Boomers fans um, that are that are highly interested in what this could mean for Paddy over the next few months. But um, certainly, as we just heard from Kevin Durant, I mean, this is a veteran that is highly, highly respected around the league. And I do believe that there are teams that would be interested in adding Paddy, not necessarily for a major role, but just to have him in the locker room because he is high. Uh, so highly regarded. Uh, I think for Patty, the balance is going to be uh, he wants to be somewhere where he can actually play a little bit and get himself in shape leading into this Paris Olympics. So uh, I think that's going to be a balance. It's not just going to be the first option. It's going to be where is actually a fit that makes sense for him in the, in the road to the Olympics. So this has all got to do with the NBA March 1 buyout and where clubs are really starting to get ready for the playoffs, which get underway in early April. Are there any clubs that have shown any indication? How does this play out from this point onwards? Yeah, so because he was waived uh, before the deadline for playoff eligibility, he can sign with a team over the next few weeks and he's going to be eligible to play in the postseason. So there's not necessarily a major rush as of today uh, to make something happen. He will be available and maybe a team, whether it's an injury or something else changes with the circumstance with the franchise, he could become more attractive. I did immediately straight after he was waived here of a couple of teams. Uh, I followed that up and it seems like that has cooled off um, just a little bit for now. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens with Paddy. I know we caught up with him uh, a few weeks ago on Nothing But Net and asked him about the process for him of not playing too much in Atlanta. And he said, look, this is this is not ideal. I would, I would much rather be playing. But he actually mentioned the fact that even if there was some professional frustration of, of not being on the floor as much as he'd like, it was the idea of playing for the Boomers and keeping himself in shape. It was actually the national team that was motivating him through this NBA season. So I don't think it's going to be a disaster if he isn't, doesn't land uh, with another team. He will just narrow his focus to how he can get himself in the best shape. I guess the important part when he hasn't been playing as many minutes throughout this NBA season is, is where he might have to try and look for some opportunities if he can't get a spot in the NBA. And there's been suggestions from the likes of um, sort of Chris Ansey that maybe he, could, maybe he could consider going to somewhere like Europe. Would that be a possibility? Yeah, he could get a, a couple of months of basketball in there in Europe. We see that with NBL players every single year that they finish their season there in Australia and they're able to 
uh, go and play for another couple of months. I, I also did speak with Jock Landau recently, and he said that he's already spoken to Patty Mills. And if the Houston Rockets don't make the NBA playoffs, which might be more likely than unlikely, then Jock Landau's NBA season would be done uh, really in just a few weeks here around mid-April. And that uh, the, there was some plans and discussions that Patty and Jock were already going to get together and go through their own uh, pre-boomers training camp and get themselves in the best shape possible. So it, it might actually work out that Patty gets to a position where he says, look, if I'm not going to be in an NBA playoff run, uh, maybe I will just get together with the boomers that are available and they're going to start their preparations together rather than heading to Europe. But uh, we'll, he's, he's, I would imagine um, he's going to have all those options on the table. Whenever we talk green and gold and the, the Olympic side, uh, Ben Simmons' name always gets mentioned. Brian Gorgian was on uh, Summer Grandstand a few weeks ago. He was, he was his latest update on Ben's availability face to face i i want to be a part of the boomers my my goal is to play in this and i'm going to be doing everything i can um to get ready and and play and you know the the question mark has always been you know over these last two years or since i've been involved with the national program he virtually hasn't played in the nba as well and what he, he had a start to the season and it looked good. And then when I got there, he was still, you know, he was dealing with an issue and, and trying to get to the other side of that. Brian Gorgian chatting on Summer Grandstand. The Boomers coach a couple of weeks ago. Matt Clinch alongside ESPN's Kane Pittman with you on ABC Radio. Unfortunately for Ben, another setback with a, a knee injury. How, how serious has this been? Well, you feel like every single niggle that he has is going to turn into more serious than even the initial report. So the, the designation has just been left leg soreness. He did not play uh, against Atlanta on Sunday morning, Australian time. So this is the third straight game now that he's missed after already missing over two months with that uh, back nerve impingement to start the season. So, you know, Brian Gorgian, the message that we just heard on your airwaves, and we've certainly spoken to him a number of times on ESPN, and the message is always the same. Uh, he wants Ben Simmons in this team, and I totally understand why he would want Ben Simmons because the idea of Ben at his best and healthy, it makes sense. This is an Australian team that's going to need as many big and versatile and athletic defenders as they can possibly get in this 12-team uh, Olympic schedule so it makes sense why Brian Gorgian continues to be positive but I just think with every single setback we're getting so close now to the Paris Olympics there is really no not much room for error because the Nets are one of those teams that isn't going to be in the in the playoffs or certainly it looks like it's going to be unlikely that they're going to go on a deep run so he's only got a month of basketball to show that he can string together a bunch of games and be a reliable player so I expect that they'll try and put him in the squad um, but every setback just makes it seem more unlikely. You spoke about uh, Jock Landau who you spoke with recently Dante Exum and Josh Green who are with the the Dallas Mavericks are a couple as well who are the Aussies who've been following closely in recent weeks? Well Dante Exum has been uh, such an interesting story this year because uh, after a, a multiple year absence from the NBA, coming back to the league after playing in Europe, and he he was a, a really high draft pick uh, going back around a decade ago now, uh, and he just wasn't able to stay healthy. So he went on a stretch a couple of months ago where he was scoring in double digits every single night, the best stretch of his NBA career. And then he had another setback with some knee soreness and missed 22 out of 25 games. And, you know, for him, he, he told us that he actually had to uh, slow himself down, listen to the advice he was getting from the Mavs, uh, health uh, physios and doctors because he has gotten an impatience. He does want to play. Um, but not only this Mavericks team that look like they're going to go on a playoff run and a title, 
behind Luka Doncic. For Dante Exum, he's one of the guys that's become so important for this Boomers team. He's 28 years old now, so he's a veteran for this program. So he's a guy I've been keeping an eye on because any type of health concerns for him would be a major, major blow for the team. And the other big boost for the Olympics was the announcement of some of the Team USA team members to be coached by Steve Kerr from the Golden State Warriors once more. But LeBron James has made himself available. So alongside Steph Curry and Joel Embiid. So a big challenge for those that are having eyes of trying to win that uh, that Olympic gold medal. Well, it certainly is. And, and LeBron, uh, 39 years old, and uh, on Sunday... Uh, he's going to pass, we we expect he's going to pass 40,000 points uh, in the NBA as well. So uh, he, he he is not slowing down and it's a pretty daunting prospect for anyone that wants to come up against the USA. So Matt, you say that it's good news. It certainly is if you're just a basketball fan and you want to see these guys. I don't think it's good news for Australia uh, or the other teams that are, that are trying to get uh, and win gold in Paris. But yeah, it seems like it's going to be all hands on deck. And there certainly were reports a couple of months ago uh, that the Boomers might play Team USA in some warm-up games as well around July. So, uh, honestly, it's all going to happen pretty quickly. He played early in his career, LeBron James, in the Olympics, I think 2008 and 2012. So, I mean, it's a massive boost for a player, as you said, 39 years of age, that he wants to make himself available as sort of a piece of his legacy throughout his career. Yeah, it's interesting because I know in Australia we look at, at all the major tournaments and obviously the Boomers won bronze in Tokyo, but the World Cup means just as much. And and honestly, if you look at the the size of the, the draw and the teams that are involved, the World Cup is probably actually harder to win than the Olympics, but certainly in the U.S., um, the priority has always been on the Olympics. That's when they have their best players. That's when they have the superstars that put their hands up. So LeBron wants to be there. Steph Curry, he hasn't won a gold. So he sounds like he wants to be involved in this team now as well. So all the big guns in what really might be their last Olympics as well, you would have to suspect for a lot of those guys, whether it's Durant, Curry, and LeBron James. Um, I, I think it's going to be a historic tournament. And uh, look, anything other than gold for those guys is going to be a, a significant disappointment. So it's not a surprise that they're all going to be there. Um, but as I already mentioned, yeah, maybe a blow for the other teams. Kane Pittman from ESPN is with you on Summer Grandstand on ABC Radio. So, Kane, as we get to the business end of the NBA season, the Bucks are on top of the Eastern Conference with the Celtics, the 76ers and the Cavs. And then on the Western side, you've got the Nuggets who have been so dominant with the Grizzlies, the Kings and the, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, how do you sort of, who are the, the teams you're watching most closely at this stage to sort of see who's going to start to click as we get towards the real business end? Yeah, I mean, the Western Conference is, is absolutely wild right now. I, I think for the East, you mentioned it. Look, the Boston Celtics have been clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. They had another massive win last night uh, over the, the Dallas Mavericks, or yesterday, I should say. So uh, the Celtics look pretty comfortable. They've got an eight-game gap over the Bucs and the Cavs in the second seed. And really, I honestly do believe that it's only the Celtics and the Bucs playing to get out of the East. They're the two teams that I like, and I think that they stand above the rest, particularly because... Joel Embiid has been injured for the 76ers. But out West, uh, it, it is wild. You've got the Lakers in the 10 seed right now and the Warriors. So they're battling for the play-in. We already mentioned the Dallas Mavericks. They're in the 8 seed. So this is some, some quality teams that in the West have records above 500 that would put them right in the playoff mix in the East. And they're just not there because of the depth. And then probably the one team that everyone's curious about is the OKC Thunder with Josh Gideon. And just wondering, is this team that is so young going to be able to go on a really deep playoff run and actually get to the NBA finals with the majority of their roster under 25 years old. It would be historic. It's not normally the way things happen, um, but they've been such a fun team to watch.
And Josh Giddy obviously has had a, an interesting season where his numbers has, have dipped a little bit. How have you seen the, the the fight back from him as he tried to deal with obviously what was a very serious issue that took place? Well, it, it hasn't been a great year from a basketball perspective uh, for Josh Giddy, and it, it's not really his fault in terms of the role that the Thunder have got him playing. He is a guy that I think in certain situations in the NBA would thrive if he was the the offense initiator. He had the ball in his hands. Uh, he was the point guard. Uh, he's not going to play that role for this OKC team because Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the superstar player. He might win the MVP. So for Josh, they're asking him, the Thunder that is, are asking him to play a lot off the ball. And that means that he's got to knock down open threes. And he just hasn't been able to do that, particularly in February. He only shot 23% for the month of February. And, and then it becomes late in games, difficult to keep him on the floor. So we've actually seen his minutes decrease, particularly in those fourth quarter scenarios. So it's going to be an interesting watch to see how this plays out through the playoffs. I still think he's going to have moments in this postseason run for the Thunder for sure. He's still absolutely an NBA caliber player, but the fit right now is a little bit clunky for him, even if the team keeps winning. And Kane, as we let you go, I'm not sure how much you're keeping across the NBL, but we're in the business end there with Illawarra and New Zealand to play in the elimination final on Monday. Uh, Perth have uh, found out their opponent. They'll take on the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Got the chance to chat with Scotty Pippen early in the week, who's out as uh, an ambassador for the NBL, and he was spruiking the the competition here in Australia, and it's getting some some recognition in the US with the, the development in which it's had. Um, what's been your experience so far? Well, it's been interesting, particularly over here in the US over the last few years, just how many... Uh, people are talking about the league and it never used to be the case. I first moved over here um, back in 2017 uh, and you weren't having those conversations like you are now where whether it's guys that, that are officials for NBA teams, whether it's other media members, uh, they're actually able to mention teams and players and guys that are going to be in the draft calculations. That was just not the case a few years ago. So it's definitely shifted there. Um, we did see uh, in the last uh, day or so, Jalen Galloway, who you know might be a, a future potential boomer. He signed a, or is reportedly set to sign a two-way contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. So he would be linking up with Trevor Gleason, the, the former Perth Wildcats coach in Milwaukee. So um, I, I just think for the league, this postseason is about to be wild. I still like the Tassie Jack Jumpers. I picked them from the start of the season. I think that they're still a, a team that can get to that series and challenge Melbourne United. But it just individually from the, the talent right across the league, you're going to see a number of guys get drafted in a couple of months' time. And I honestly, I just think that that number is going to continue to grow. Uh, Kane, as always, appreciate your time. Um, enjoy the back end of the NBA season and uh, look forward to following it all on ESPN. No, too easy, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Mark.